Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Prelude to Positivity. My guest today is my very good friend, Derek Jamison, who is a spiritual life coach, a fitness coach, a QHHT past life practitioner, and he's also a teacher, a healer, and a channeler. And I'm very proud to always call him my friend. Welcome, Derek. How are you? Hello, thank you for having me here. I'm excited to talk today. Thank you for being here. So I want to start out with, for people who aren't familiar with you yet, which probably aren't that many people at this point, <laughs> uh, just tell us a little bit about Derek Jamison and how you started out as a kid, um, what brought you to the spiritual world, and also what brought you into fitness training and teaching. Um, well, I think that all of that, all of that stuff that I do now is all encompassed. It's just, I've been doing it my entire life. It's just been done with the same energy in different forms or different channels. Uh, and so when I was a kid, you know, I was heavily bullied when I was a kid. I don't really, I don't look at that as a, a negative thing actually, but it's just something that happened. And, uh, even though I, you know, I liked other people, it, it was also seen as a weakness. So then I kind of compounded, compounded the idea of weakness that I just was a weak person, um, within myself. And so I, it, he created beliefs of or, or disbelief in my own abilities, what I was doing there, why I was even around. So I wasn't very motivated. I didn't care about school. I tried to skate through, so on and so forth. Um, but when I was 15, and this was in my freshman year, I was asked by someone to be a performer, to audition for a perform as a performer at a theme park. And of course, it sounded absolutely terrifying. So I said, yes. And I went and I got to be a character because there was still a barrier there. Um, but being a character allowed me to open up new doors where I began to be a performer in front, like full face, having to just feel that anxiousness and excitement all at once. And it pushed my own boundaries, but I pushed my own boundaries. So doing performance as a kid or a young, a young teen for a certain amount of years allowed me to bring the energy and channel and really build myself stronger uh, in, in my self-belief and push those boundaries. And then I got involved with music, more with writing my own music, because that became a channel for me to get out things that I couldn't communicate through words. And, um, and then I was able to take that and, and bring it into the fitness world. Uh, I began fitness because I had the idea that I should look different than I actually looked. It just didn't feel right for me. And I know that if we have the idea of something that we can manifest or create it. And as I saw my body starting to become stronger and I had self-confidence and I was like, wow, this has been in me the whole time. All I had to do was actually take action on it. So that's why I began to help other people through fitness modalities, um, along with playing music, uh, performing, it was kind of like all in the same, all in the same realm. And even since I was a kid, I've been always going to school and furthering my own education in both spiritual realms and um, academic realms, everything. I just try to keep furthering my abilities and compounding that information. Um, but I knew that I had spiritual gifts when I was really young because I was I would go to like a metaphysical shop before I would even go to the, the baseball card shop that was right next to it. Um, but I also thought like, it was just so new and you're a kid, so you don't really understand why you're drawn to it. And then I was drawn to ancient Egyptian stuff and, but I kept it a secret. 
I was asked to uh, do tarot card readings at that theme park that I was working for. And then that's when I really discovered that I had the ability to connect to spirit, but I found it out in a very negative way. So like a lot of negative stuff took place when I was doing the readings and it kind of scared me. So I shut it off for a very long time because <laughs> I didn't ever want to attract that or feel that again. But there were times along the way where I'd be on a Ouija board with people and spirit would come through. Um, and so I kind of shut it off for a long time until something said that it was time to step back into that arena, but just in a different space, a space of comfort and confidence and, and love rather than fear. And then that's kind of how everything turned around. And the moment I made that decision, everything opened up and gave me the opportunity to do what I'm doing today. And you had mentioned music, so you are an accomplished musician as well. Is the music for you also part of the spirit? Because when you're on stage or when you're writing music and writing lyrics, is that a spiritual experience as well? Sure. Um, well, just like anything, people don't realize that everything is a spirit. This whole experience that they're having is a spiritual experience. People are so disconnected from the spirit of themselves that they, they, they can't even see it. Mm -hmm. um, but if they chose to, they would see that the thing that they love doing or the thoughts that inspire them or the things that make them happy is actually spirit energetic form. And then they just they man they manifest it in the physical by bringing it through them so when you're looking at music or any creation it was that spiritual energetic thought form and i channeled that vibration or that energy through me to bring it into music because i didn't have the confidence to bring it through just like speaking i could bring it through music and i didn't fully realize that at the time i had to kind of wake up to the fact that i was the things i was writing about was about this energy this that I couldn't put my finger on because I didn't believe in religion. It just wasn't for me. I could go to any old church, a mosque, a temple. I could go to all that because I was very open, but I did not believe in one fixed religion. Uh, and But I knew that spirit was like, there was something going on. And I knew that that's what we bring through us when we create. Cool. And I know that you call yourself a holistic fitness coach. What's the difference between a holistic fitness coach and just a traditional fitness coach? Well, for me, it's bringing these aspects of the four, the four bodies, the, the mental, the physical, the spiritual, and the emotional, and combining it all together. Because when you think fitness, you're like, oh, I'm fit, and I'm eating right, and I have a body that reflects that. But the thing is, if you're missing out on the mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of that whole experience, you're not going to see the results that you want to see. You have to keep these four bodies in balance, and they have to work together in order to have a success. Because let's say you have a mental block with it, and you are, you are, are working out, working out, but you won't allow yourself to see your results. Mm -hmm. then there's a mental block here that needs to be addressed or healed, something that needs to be cut to the root of to understand, and then that goes away. And then what's the attachment to why are you doing fitness? Is it because you really don't like yourself and you think you, are you trying to get an external thing to like, and you think that by looking good, it's going to get the external thing. Well, then that's another aspect of it that needs to be addressed. So I incorporate these four bodies all in one thing when I do my program. So any client that wants to do the fitness aspect, 
um, knows that they're also going to get the non-physical aspect of that as well. All right, good. Channeling, I wanna talk about channeling for a minute. What does it feel like for you? And also, do you channel in every session that you do with someone or are there times where you're not channeling and you're doing other types of work, but like nothing is connecting necessarily for that person or is it always a connection through channeling? Uh, well, think about when you asked me the question about music, that's channeling. You're channeling non-physical energy or frequency through you. So when a musician is creating or writing and they're in the flow state, they're channeling pure energy right in that moment. That's why you can watch some artists on stage and you're like, whoa, they're just like gone. Yeah. They're not even there. They're just like bringing it through them, right? You know, yeah. when you see an artist that does that and when you see an artist that's thinking about what they're doing, two totally different things. So we're always doing that. So when I work with people, the only way to bring pure information or to be clear with somebody is to, is to channel the information through me so that it, I don't filter it too much. Of course, we all have our own filters, but I wanna be as clear and open as possible that brings the information that's best suited for the person. So when I do channeling work, I didn't realize, I mean, I kind of, I came to a realization that I was already doing it when I would do card readings for people or when I was doing music for people. That's, I was like, okay, let's recognize the ways we are already channeling spirit through us. Because once you recognize that, you realize how many different ways you're doing that. And then you apply that to everything else and it grows and grows and grows and you become a more open channel. So when I work with people, I am actively tuning into that higher frequency to receive information every time because I don't want to sit with somebody. I keep looking at my cap, my chair because I sit there in the chair <laughs> while someone sits over here. So that's why I'm like, when I sit there, um, but when I, when I tune up, I'm tuning myself and working myself up to a, the highest love frequency I can because love, the higher you turn it, tune into love, the more pure and honest the information can be with no ego or fear attached to it. So I'm always tuning up into that highest aspect and trying to bring that through me um, as much as possible because that's what people deserve is the information that best suits them, not what Derek thinks about their experience, but what is going on for them. Right. So it's not, it's not necessarily you analyzing them. It's you giving them information that's meant for them. Right. And that's why every time I have a session, it's like, well, it's going to be in the moment because when someone works with me, they change within one week so much just by applying the things that were brought forward in the present time, that present moment session. They apply those things. They shift their vibration up into higher levels by the time we get to the next session. So then we kind of have to assess the session then it's not a book. It's not like you're not going like it's not a book thing we go through. Yeah. It's like what is like spirit bringing through that says that you need right now, and that's going to look different for everyone. So it kind of has to be like that. Cool. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your Master U classes? Because I know on Udemy you have Udemy you have classes where people can access what you do on their own time and sort of sample a little bit of it before they might actually contact you for further lessons or for, to go a little deeper, but the Master U classes are set up for what? 
Well, I wanted to create something that I do within my coaching sessions for people, and I wanted to put it in an accessible way. People wanted something where they could have online coaching or videos that they can watch. So I made a series of a video course that allows people to um, kind of just receive a transmission and then also have actionable exercises that they can apply. And it covers all areas of the life. So you're covering again, those four, the four bodies. We do a little bit of physic, fit, like fitness or physical kind of awareness. Um, you're doing the mental stuff to kind of clear out the old stuff. We work on programming, you know, a little bit of spirit. It combines everything in a more general source so that people can kind of find what is calling to them that they need to work on the most. So I structured it to be something that people could just use as, as a companion to their daily, to their daily life. Um, and just have actionable tools that they can go back into and go, okay, well, what was that tool that I could use again? And I just wanted to put something out there. It's also a supplement too. So if somebody, if people sign up with me for sessions, they get the program with that so that it keeps them having a supplemental video program each week that will pull them along. And then that also is available to them for a lifetime. Yes. Yeah. And you can tell I'm a student of yours because I actually meditated before this and I came up with three pages worth of stuff that I just <laughs> poured out of the pen as soon as I was done meditating. <laughs> That's perfect. Which I learned from someone. <laughs> Lots so, of stuff comes through nice and clear when we do that. Oh my God, so clear. Yeah. So I want to talk about social media for a little while too. Um, we were both invited onto a platform recent, pretty recently called Clubhouse and We've been, I've been, you've been active there. So I've been personally noticing that there seems to be a pattern of vocabulary when people are speaking about certain things that have happened to them in their lives or even introducing themselves. And they tend to identify themselves with tragedies or traumas that have happened. So if you're, if you've been bullied, you'll say, people seem, tend to introduce themselves as my name is so-and-so and I've been bullied or I'm being bullied or I'm a victim of bullying. So it's, it's language like that. So I was wondering if there's a better way that people could approach the definition of themselves, especially when they're introducing themselves for the first time on a social platform or even in life. Sometimes I think when it comes to platforms like that, when people are introducing themselves, they also want to let everyone listening know that they know what they're talking about or that it's a personal experience. Because, you know, if you go up on the stage, it's like kind of this idea of like, well, people don't know really my history and they could be, they could think that I haven't had this experience. So I think it's some kind of um, way to almost prove that like the validity of being there um, and why they're there. I can understand for some kind of maybe moderators uh, in that way because they want to show the people who are coming to show up that they understand what it's like to go through an experience. However, what does tend to happen is that creating the narrative of the experience keeps pulling the past experience into the present moment and it doesn't really allow for the healing of the wound. It doesn't allow for the higher perspective of the experience. It just keeps digging into that space and, um, and it keeps pulling the scab open. And that's mainly done through the words we use. And so when we use certain verbiage, 
that says who what we are and we identify with that thing it 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 keeps perpetuating that narrative and it keeps telling our entire environment that that's what our reality is so when we begin to change how we speak about that it's okay to say that this is what has taken place but it's it's really important we add the other aspect to it of like like what we focus on now, I focus on showing people that they can heal through their experiences and understand the higher perspective of when they were bullied or had uh, a molestation or something, a deep trauma. And it's more about the like showing the power in the trauma than it is reliving the trauma and, and claiming that I am a this. Right. And so when we begin to change the way we talk about ourselves, that is when the reality, that pain can go away. That's when we can learn and integrate the experience rather than using it for something um, that keeps perpetuating this, this past that we've moved through. Um, and I think that dragging that along doesn't let people move. But if we were more conscious with our words, we could still use the stories as creative fire rather than something that pulls us back into a past timeline. And then another thing that comes up often on social media is a term called imposter syndrome. So there's, when it comes to imposter syndrome, it's someone posing as something that they're not and trying to say, you know, they're an expert on something, but also I think there's a mimicking kind of syndrome too, where people like to mimic other people. Um, do you, is there a way that you can recognize that in yourself if you're, so that you'd realize that you're not being your true self, maybe you're taking on someone else's characteristics a little bit too much or, too many characteristics of other people around you and you're not really being true to you. Well, I think when people say imposter syndrome and that, first of all, when they say the imposter syndrome one, they are afraid, they don't believe in themselves because they wouldn't say that if they truly believed in what they were doing. Um, and that's not to mean that they're not doing it right. They probably really are, but they're also afraid of judgment. Right. So the only reason they don't believe in themselves is because they're afraid of judgment. So it literally goes back to this core idea of fear and judgment, <laughs> because let's say we took the fear and judgment out. They wouldn't even say that. They would just say, this is what I do. And this is what I believe. The thing is, people's experiences are an accumulation of a ton of different experiences, a lot of different teachers that come in a lot of different forms. So it's okay to be like, well, I took on this tool from this person or I learned this because if we don't recognize that, we're also saying that we're still really separate from each other. Right. And really we're not separate from each other. So things that I use, I'm also, the tools that I use are either things I've seen or given to me from spirit. That's still a teacher. They mm -hmm. still gave me that. But then some of the things that I used are from a teacher I took a class with. And I'm not going to be like, oh, well, according to my teacher taught me, you know, there's just so much that goes into it when we need to kind of open and just willingly share that. Now, on the other spectrum, on the other side of that is, is people when they're like just regurgitating things. When it comes to that, I think that people want to be the thing that they're speaking of so bad that they kind of go there and it's not to blame anybody. They just really want to do the thing that they say that they're doing and they begin to take on the attributes or the traits or they follow things that they admire in it mm -hmm. and they take that and then they use it for themselves because they, they look up to it. Right. 
they look up to it. But what will happen is there's nothing to worry about with that because that will always fall apart and dismantle because it is not authentic. It can't sustain itself because it isn't real. It's an illusion that the person creates. So eventually I think those things will break off and then they'll start discovering who they really are throughout that experience. Because I could say the same thing about myself and be like, well, I have imposter syndrome or I took on certain things. It's like, well, yeah, if a really good tool works and I can help give that to another person, I'm going to give it to another person. You know what I mean? So I think it really depends on how we look at it. And um, we, we have compassion for the fact that everyone is trying to figure out how to survive or thrive in some way or form. And sometimes that comes at the expense of others. Um, and I, but I still think that people are trying their best for what they know how, wherever they're at in their consciousness, wherever they're at in their own life, that doesn't mean it feels really good to us, but it means that they're trying to do whatever it is so that they don't fail because of fear and judgment. Again, it all literally goes back to that. Cool. Now, I also want to know in your, in your own life, do you ever miss certain signs that are given to you? Or do you have your stubborn moments where you're being told something from spirit and then you're just like, well, I want to do this other thing though. Or, you know, that person is doing that and I would want to do it too, even though you're saying that. So do you have your moments where you just don't listen when you're supposed to, or you just miss stuff? Sometimes, like not often. I actually like hearing other spiritual friends or psychic friends that say, oh my gosh, they kept telling me to do this. And I kept saying no, and then kept putting it off because I don't have that experience. If I get something like a feeling that says, don't do this, I'll probably be like, okay, cancel. Like mm -hmm. I'll like not do it. And I'll literally, I'll own up to it. I'll say, I really don't feel like it's going to be a good idea because I'm feeling, I tell the person, I'm like, I feel this way right now, which means that's going to go into the, us hanging out or like the energy and I have to process something. So I'm usually really good at listening to it. Excuse me. There have been a few times where I haven't. Um, and it's like, oh, like the grocery store. I knew I was not in the mood. And it was like, if you go to the grocery store now, you're taking that energy with you. And I was very aware of it. And it was like, and you're going to attract other experiences like that. Like I knew it because I just didn't feel right. And so I went and there it was, I was like, see, exactly. Like you knew you already felt it. And then I got strong signals with like, um, when I, when I was kind of guided not to go to the gym one day and I was like, I know, but my ego wanted me to go to the gym and my ego wanted the 20 minutes on the treadmill rather than running around the block for 20 minutes. So because I didn't listen to that, and it was very strong, very strong. And because I didn't listen to that, I got in a car collision, told my car Oh boy! on a simple like left turn when it was my turn and the red light went, it was my turn to go. But because the car was hiding behind cars and then wanted to punch the light, it was a thing. And I don't say car accident because I don't believe in that. I believe in collisions. Mm. Um, I believe in a lot of different things in different ways than the majority of people do. <laughs> But I don't mind. I like it. So I don't Sounds listen. Like some, but it's very rare. Very rare when I haven't listened. Now, I, you're always saying to people that we have our own way to access our spirit guides and angels. So is there anything that you could tell us a simple way to be able to call on our angels or spirit guides when we need them? Um, well, first of all, 
hands down before anything, it's always good to tune into your heart um, because the way you access the highest energy or the highest light is doing it through your love because love is really the only thing that's true. Love is what like pushes out the darkness. It, it's the only thing that beats darkness. Anger, hate, fear, you know, force, it does not push any of that out. Love is the most powerful thing that can be used so if a person goes into their heart and thinks about something that they love or somebody that they love they're going to automatically tune into the frequency of love so they think about what love means to them and breathe breathe into the heart that's what i say always breathe into your heart and just like get into that space where you feel a smile come on your face because that's when you're happy joy and then just connect angels and guides please be with me and surround me with love and please give me the guidance that i'm seeking around whatever and whatnot um, please let me know in the ways that you think i'm ready to receive your information uh, please give me a sign in the ways that you think i'm ready it just depends on what the person wants but developing the relationship and starting to develop that relationship by tuning into the heart and saying i'm ready to begin my relationship with you show me in the ways that you think i'm ready that's a perfect way to be able to start to connect with spirit guides and then be open to see what happens and what comes forward. You might hear something, you might think a thought, you might think it's your own thought, um, but you should still write it down because it followed that request. Mm -hmm. You might feel something, you might feel a chill. Just depends on how different people receive psychic information um, by feeling or seeing or hearing or knowing. And people will need to learn what their abilities are to receive information from spirit that way and it just takes a little time to figure out what signal is what and that's the fun part of it all so tune into the heart ask for highest guidance and then be open to what happens with the experience within the body it could come in a form of a dream later on yeah dreams yeah dreams will come through especially if you block it if you're not open and you're judging any experience while you're fully awake then it, it'll probably come through a dream in some way. Some answer will come in a dream or a guide will come in a dream. It's all depending on other people. Like I'm very open, so I don't necessarily need it to happen in a dream. It happens a lot in meditation, but I'm, I can be literally just doing this and all of a sudden I'll get the hit. And I'll be like, <laughs> I'll get the signal because they know I'm very open and my energy field is open to receive that. So everyone's going to be very different as we always are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so for people who, like me, who read people, who can read people's energy, who can feel people's energy, it, I sometimes second guess it, and we've talked about this before, because I feel like it could be me being judgmental about something and not truly picking up on an energy, but then when I ignore it and say, like, don't be judgmental, just let this person whatever, then I end up figuring out that, you know what, the true feeling that I had was correct and I shouldn't have let the person do whatever. So how do you distinguish between being judgmental and actually getting a reading from someone that shows you that the person's either not coming from a genuine place or maybe there's something not right about that situation for you with that person? Well, again, I'm going to go back to how to connect with angels and guides to get the most clear information. A person needs to like kind of tune into their heart. So get into the heart space that you, so that you know you're receiving the proper information. Then you ask, where's this information coming from? So you have to ask because it, you might be getting something that would trick a person if it's a lower vibrational thought or feeling 
it's like, well, that's where discernment comes in. You might be receiving that from a spirit that doesn't have the best intention and wants to just play a game and like knows that'll get you, you know, get you to think that. So if, if it knows that it's going to get you and you're like, okay, this negative thoughts coming in, you go, okay, what does this feel good? Does it feel uplifting? Does it feel like it serves me? If you get a bunch of no's, then you can bet that there might be a lower energy that is connecting, that is like connecting with you and like giving you information. And that's when you have to use discernment and be like, well, is this a dark, is this darkness? Or is this, are you from the darkness or are you from the light? Like discerning where the information is coming from because spirit doesn't necessarily want you to dig a hole for yourself. Why would they want you to be put, to put yourself in a position that would be negative for you? Right. They wouldn't because they want the best for you. So you want to tune in and ask the questions like, where's this information coming from? You know, and, and again, I say tune into the heart because once you do that, you tune into the highest aspects. And if that information isn't of the highest and doesn't serve you, then, then it's, then it's going to go away because you tuned into love. You're not going to care about it as much. You're going to be like, no, that's someone else's journey. But if you get intertwined with something, something can give you that information because it knows you want to get entangled. And when you do that, you get entangled with another thing. You get entangled with that energy. And then you're now creating another timeline and imprint mm. that you'll have to deal with at some point. So it's very, very, very important if you go, does this serve me? What's the answer? Does this feel good? Like, is this a good idea? It's about discernment and learning how to discern that information um and that's troubleshooting there's no right or wrong it's just practice and figure it out so you're talking about how all of the um, fitness and spiritual is all connected so are there things certain things in diet that you can do to honor your body and your spirit better when it comes to your fit to keep yourself fit and to keep yourself healthy well, overall, for people to stay in a, in, a, in a fit body, it's like, don't eat processed foods, watch the sugar and processed sugar intake, remove uh, inflammatory foods that create the inflammation within the body, because then the, op the, the body can't operate effectively and efficiently. Um, but then when it comes to those macronutrients, like proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, you want to get it from the cleanest sources. You know, um, with a lot of the meat industry, there's the key word, it's an industry. It's not like the old days when we were tribes and like honoring the food. And it was just, you know, it's the vibration is very different. So it's the way that things are kind of prepared these days that are creating lower vibrations within people's bodies. Definitely a lot of vegetables and greens. Um, if you eat meat, lean meats is the best way to go. Um, but if you're a vegan or, you know, if you're vegan, look for the sources because that stuff is processed too. Yeah. And time. cannot be as healthy for people, mm -hmm. even though you think it's just not meat. It's like, okay, it's not meat, but it's actually not good for you. <laughs> yeah. However, there are sources that create a very good structure. Look at the ingredients. Always look at the ingredients. If there are tons of ingredients in something, that's not going to be very good for you. 
but if there's fewer ingredients in it, you know it's gonna be healthy for you. So as a vegan, if you're looking for vegan sources of protein, pea protein, rice protein, that's a really good combination because together it has the efficacy of whey protein, which is found in dairy and like, you know, it's just not. Um, so the idea is to make sure that you're eating things of the, of the earth, the natural sources, uh, and to treat your body as well as possible. And with water, purified water, don't drink tap water, it has chemicals in it, it has fluoride, it has metals that build up within the body because of that water that's, you know, being just fed to people. Yeah. So it's important that we get that purified water that removes a lot of those toxins. So these steps of treating your body right and leveling up what you put inside of you is the way that you're going to see the difference um, in your physical physicality, as well as the environment around you. You see everything differently. You appreciate life more just by focusing on what you're doing with your own body. I definitely agree with that because I have switched to all clean proteins and clean protein powders. And I switched everything around that I do. And then a couple of my friends were on one of those diets where they send you food and they're like, well, you should do this because it's easier. You just, and I said, okay, I'll try one. And I did. And I said, so how do you eat this? It's so, it's so full of things that I don't normally have in food that I eat. And it's making me so thirsty all day because all the salt and all the, so yeah, it's making you lose weight, but I don't think it's healthy for you in the long run. I'd rather do what I'm doing and have to prepare the food the way I do it. So yeah, and that's the better way to go because, but I mean, I know some people can't really don't, can't do that all the time. It's the better way to go because when you're preparing the food, you're bringing again, energy through your body into your hands, into the food. And you know that you're fueling it with that higher vibrational energy. Everybody has energy that comes out of their hands. So you don't know who's preparing those meals at the whatever. You don't know, especially now if they're in fear or if they don't like their job or what's going on, but their energy goes with them. So that's why even if you're getting prepared meals, blessing it, honoring it, like tuning into love and filling it with love with your hands, because everybody's got hand chakras. If you got a hand, you got a hand chakra <laughs> and you're putting it into that food. Uh, this went dark. Hold on. There we go. Um, and you're putting it. Can you see me? Hold on. No, I can't see you. There, there we you go. go. <laughs> it literally just shut off. But, um, you know, you're putting that energy into that food and raising its vibration to its higher potential. And everybody has that. Everybody has the capability. Everybody has the ability to bring energy and light through their hands. It's not limited. So even no matter what you're eating, bless it, fill it up with love and, um, and raise its vibration, no matter what it is. We should do that with everything in life, right? Mm -hmm. So out of all the things that you do and the things that you are called to, what are you most passionate about in all that? Um, I mean, it all holds a place that is a very important place because different people receive in different ways. Mm -hmm. So the more avenues that I can use as channels of this light, because that's what it truly is, the more people can be reached. So some people are so attached to the physical and getting through that energy through the physical experience um, and kind of blending those things is how those people that are really into the physical 3D to get them to kind of 
see other possibilities or see other things going on. And then vice versa, if people are really spiritual and not focused on their physicality and focusing on being in their body, I'm trying to bridge all of those things together. You see, through music, through a course, through study. I'm in school, right? I'm in university right now because I want to infuse that higher light of what I'm connected to into the school systems. And if I'm talking to other students and having discussions and my discussion topic focuses on a different perspective and brings in spirituality with it, that's affecting them, that's affecting their families, the teachers reading it, and then they're awakening in certain things that they can also share with their classes. So you see like all avenues that I'm choosing are all the purpose. It's all the different ways that I'm fulfilling what I'm called to do. So it all has its, it all has its place. And for you personally, what's the most fulfilling part about what you do? Um, watching somebody see that they have the power to get out of the dark spaces that they've allowed themselves to be in. It's really quick. It's like instantaneous with people. And they like, and I just show them the way I just shine the light on the thing that the component that they were overlooking. Um, because the moment that people see it, they're like, oh, oh my gosh, it's just like that light bulb goes on in their head. And I just present the environment that allows them to receive that information. And then they learn to trust themselves. So because when someone learns to trust themselves, it's like everything's possible, everything's expansive. And it is so rewarding to watch that happen, to watch the layers of dense energy just pour off of them. And then like, everything's possible. So I just love that part. Because when you do it, you're not pushing the person toward anything. You're just teaching them how to find it all along, kind of like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, where like you have the power all along, but you just need someone to actually show this to you. So yeah. you're not, you don't know the end result yourself yet. Yeah. They need to find it. Yeah. I don't want people to think that they have to come to me to get a magic potion right. and to do it. That's why I don't even use, like, I don't even use anything but my words. I don't use tools. I, I do card readings, which help validate and solidify that information because people that aren't, you know, do like that structure and they like yeah. that visual. But when someone sits with me, I'm like, you're getting a whole clearing energetic vibration the whole time someone is sitting with me. So they're starting to receive that. And it's all based on what energy they're bringing. So if they ask me a question, I'll be like, hmm, okay, this is the answer <laughs> or like, this is the solution. Because if I just do it for them, what actionable steps do they have to go home and be able to apply that tool in their own life? It's like saying that they have to get something outside of them to always have that power. And I'm like, no, 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 you, you already have it. And I'm going to show you, I don't have to do anything and you're going to get it yourself. And I'll just sit here across the room and we're going to get it. It is like fitness because in fitness, you, the coach can't do the exercise for you and it works for you. The coach mm -hmm. can't give you a magic pill to make you thinner the next day or buff the next day. It is basically coaching in like a physical way. It's just non-physical. Yep. It's the same thing. And that's why I do say coach. You know, I say I'm a coach because um, I'm not doing anything to you. I'm, I'm providing the environment and the energetic um, conditions that allow you to climb up to where I know that you already are. 
because everyone's already there, they just step down off of that high space to accommodate something from the past <laughs> or they need to like let go of something. So I stay up there and I go, I'm not going to do it. I'll just show you how to do it. And then I'm going to watch you do it. And then when I think things need to be cleaned up a little bit, I'll tell you, I'm like, oh, look at that. Pull the knee over the, pull the knee over your, over your ankle or sit back into a little bit more or don't lean back. It's the same thing in the other way. So I'm like, okay, try this exercise. And they're still using verbiage that <laughs> doesn't serve them. I'll be like, oh, there's that word. How can we change that word? Yeah. So, but I don't sit there going like, I'm going to change your words, you know? Yeah. What would you call this chapter of your life? Um, well, I think this chapter of my life is the same chapter for everyone right now because we've all been given the same opportunity of transformation and change and shifting it just looks all different for everybody but we're all here together doing it because we are all the same everything we're all interconnected we are literally no different um and so maybe i look at it as the transformation into um unification transformation into loving everybody and loving each other and seeing the mere reflection of each other within each other. But I think it's, I think we're all, I think we're all in the same chapter, to be honest. It seems like it now it's much more level. Things are much more level. How do you personally stay positive in challenging times? Like we've had back to back lately. How is it that you remain in a positive space? Um, I always remember what my, what I'm here for. And if you know yourself as the best of your ability at this current present moment, wherever you're at, then you always know what you're here for. So you always want to wake up the next day and fulfill that. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. If you know yourself and what you're here to do and what your mission is, what your personal mission is, then nothing can keep you down in the gutter. Because if you're down in the gutter and you're in that space, it means you're not fulfilling your mission. It means you're separated from your spirit, which holds the key to the mission. So I wake up every day with the blinds already open so I can see the sky. Yes, sometimes I wake up at, sorry, I saw spirit on the ceiling. I like, <laughs> um, yes, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning some days and it's still dark outside, but I go, ah, I get to drive through like Holly, West Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard with no one driving with just the lights and the quiet and the calm energy of Los Angeles. I get to do that. I get to like go do that. But when I'm at home and the sun rises, ah, look at that beautiful sky and the beautiful trees outside. What blessings and magical opportunities are gonna come today. I literally, from the moment I wake up, I am already tuned into what I want to do or what I wanna be. And people think that's difficult and they think that they can accomplish it. And it's just because they haven't practiced it. You want to do it one time and think it, it doesn't work. It's because you're offloading programs of other, something else you practice for so long because it does work. Yep. But if you're resistant to its workings, it will never work for you. If you judge it, it will never work for you. So it's always about where do I want to be today? And then you put yourself on that space. Well, it's like the way you described LA being calm in the morning like that. Most people, when they think of LA, when, when they know that you love being, like I love being in LA, but people will say to me, how do you love it? It's so fake. It's so this, it's so dirty, like Hollywood and West Hollywood and all that. 
but it's not really if it's it is that is part of that outside thing that it's become but it's underneath all that it's still that calmness that you're explaining because when i'm there i experience in the calmness and i experience the the beauty of it and the and the energy of it it's what it looks like on the outside from people is not really what it is yeah i mean i have a great time at five o'clock in the morning when i'm literally driving down it's just quiet and listening to dance music like house music <laughs> and i just like it makes me want to take a picture of it because i was like ooh, it's so quiet so calm the energy is just still and I get to enjoy that experience. Why? Again, that goes back to how I say you wake up because I choose it. I choose what my reality is going to be, what brings me peace or me happiness, you know? And I'm very clear about that. And I know that can trigger some people, but that's just because they haven't practiced that thing that will bring them that same satisfaction. Mm. It's all about your practice do you want it that bad or do you want to still hold on to an old narrative because that's what you identify with that's the only thing that's going to keep you feeling safe within yourself correct this the whole project with prelude to positivity for me was that i realized last year especially with the pandemic and then working with you and working with a fitness coach for a while to get my fitness together was that in the past, every time that there was a moment that I felt was horrible, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me, it would, when you look back, you see that it really was a prelude to something better that was coming along. It was a shift, it was a change. So that was what, what that bump was about. The bump was kind of like the shift. I'm like, okay, go that way. So can you recall a time where you might've felt that way as well, where there was something and you thought, this is not great I don't know but then you realize now looking back that it was actually just a prelude to something better coming along um well I've always sensed when there's a shift I get a physical jolt in my body for the long forever before I was even awakened to what was happening I would get a physical like jolt switch where it's almost like like that and I knew it happened over the years and I would always just I I learned to listen to myself a long time ago. And because I offloaded a lot of those old systems and ways of being, I can't, it's hard for me to like even remember. I have to go digging to find something that like a memory like that, because I'm just very present with how things are going now. So when it comes to something like that, it's like, I know that there's a shift, but I always have been able to trust that things are going to unfold the right way for me. And I do want to give, you know, that's not easy for everybody. Mm -hmm. I think that I came into earth with the ability of, of being in balance and being clear and being able to listen and take direction from what I feel. Um, because it's, an, I think I'm supposed to do that so I can help other people anchor that a little bit stronger that don't have that easy capability because I have to show them that it's possible to work towards. They have to have hope within that, that they can move that direction. So it's just easy for me to not feel like kind of concerned or worried. I just not, I just don't have the capability of that because I always know that things are the way they are because something else is going to happen. If everybody could learn that, I think it would save them a lot of stress because it's very stressful to think this is the worst, that whole time where you're thinking it's the worst period of your life. It's such stress that you're putting on yourself 
and then it, that damages you after a while too. Well, it says that I don't trust myself and I don't trust my environment and I don't trust my experience because if you did trust yourself, you go, okay, I'm going to find a solution right now. My solution is right here. I am the solution. <laughs> you know, I am the solution. But when people do that, that's a worry or a fear. That's a projection again, outside of the present moment. That's all that is, but you are the solution. You have, <clears throat> you have the capability to find what the answer is right here and right now. And that's, that's a practice. People have to practice that because of the way they've been programmed since they were kids. It's been programmed a certain way and now it's about offloading old programs. People forget that you know the universe thrives on evolution. It's always evolving. It's always changing. Your body literally changes its cells every, what, seven years. Mm -hmm. And so it's like that's a microcosm of the macrocosm. That's a like shows you in your physical body if everything changes over that rapidly. That means that everything else changes over that rapidly. You're either going to be back stuck in an imprint of time or you're going to move with the present moment. You're going to move with where the energy is going. That's a choice. I think I've asked you this before, but maybe it changed a little bit. Can you describe yourself in three hashtags? Present. <laughs> magical. Strong. Those are good ones. I just let the words come to me too. I was like, I just went like this, like, come to me. And then they came and that's what came to me. <laughs> Tell yeah, me I didn't what. go seeking. I like, I like let them come. <laughs> what's one thing that you absolutely cannot live without water <laughs> literally thing, yeah literally what's one thing that you wish we could all live without that we can do away with fear yeah that's, that's it would change thing. everything fear that keeps everyone back from love <laughs> from literally connecting or love it's fear that creates the judgment it's just fear of whatever one's fear is but that is such a big thing that has so many compartments to it but if everyone did away with that then um you know it's okay to have contrast but when people stay in fear, it doesn't create action or movement. They stay in that dark space. Yeah. Where can people find you online? I'll drop all the links underneath, but just in case people are listening and driving or whatever they're doing, where can they find you online if they want to find out more about you, take some courses from you, things like that? Um, on Instagram, it's at Derek Jameson, D-E-R-E-K-J-A-M-E-S-O-N. And then on my website is wonderfullightbody.com. There's a YouTube under the same Wonderful Light Body with Derek Jameson. Um, and those are basically the easiest ways to get all the links. I have a link tree on my Instagram. So it links to all the different things, including the course programs. So it's easy just to kind of go there and use it as a central location. And so far, there's two courses. There's Path Lives. Like, mm -hmm. and then there's the second one, the, which is... The Master You Empowerment and Manifestation from, for those two things. Um, the third one I'm working on now, which is more like the mysticism and it's like a survey of mysticism and magic and like 
different ways to connect with spirit and that's more of the spirituality stuff so i have that starting its preliminary stuff because i feel like that one will be the more popular one and i'll be done with the one i'm doing now by the time that comes out so i'll take that one too <laughs> okay you like, can get these little gems and those come these all come blessed by you and and you take care of us with these right so and, and shipping is included in the price, which is ridiculously affordable. So check those out. Yeah, on, it's on the Lightbody Lab shop. Yay. So if you have to leave everybody with one thought, one thing that they, a thought that they should receive from you, and then maybe an action that they can do to improve things a little bit. A thought. Well, it is important that everyone has limitless dreams, limitless aspirations, because the only thing that's not going to let people have that is because they put the block or the ceiling on that. But if you create limitless opportunities or you ask for limitless desires, then you have a plethora of things that will come into your own experience. So be limitless. Like that word just keeps coming forward. So be limitless. Um, and then anything that someone that people want, ask for it, ask for it though, as if it's done already and say how much you love having the thing. That's one thing I really say now all the time is I love how I am able to impact people around the world. And I love how I have my next course out. And I love how I say it as it's done. And I say it with love. So do everything that you want as it is done and say it with love. Those are good ones for sure. I know they work because I've done them with you. So we did the whole I am instead of I want or I, I'm going to. It's, it's always I am. It's always be present. Yeah. Say it like it's going on right now and it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I want to thank you for being with us as always. And I hope you come back again. And I hope we do some stuff on Clubhouse and all over the place because there's a lot of things to do, a lot of work to do. Thank you yes, for being there here. Is. Thank Bye. you so much for this. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Anytime. You know, you have an open invitation. You just call me <laughs> okay. that I want to come on next week. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you.